Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Okay, uh, we're having a full house today, quite packed here. And uh, can I just ask that uh, maybe for all of us here and on site, if you do see free spaces, uh, we need you to just help us along because we do have people who want to come in and help us to move and uh, just pack in a little bit so can, more people can join us, okay? Uh, a really good day for all who are online as well. hope that today's sermon will bless our hearts. And let me say this. And we all go through different seasons of our lives. There'll be times of ups and downs and change, okay? It's, it's one of the constant things that every one of us here experience. Maybe some of us here, you are going through a season of changing jobs or life stage changes or maybe um, struggling through a sudden death or someone has passed on or maybe something is, a situation in your life is really, really, really gripping your heart, okay? And this is out of the norm, out of the norm. I think that uh, there's a free, uh, there are many things that's happening in our church, but today we have an open slot in an open time. And since I'm taking it, I'll just slot this in, in terms of, uh, to give you a good theology on suffering, okay? So that at least you take it away. And if you are going through any form of pain and suffering in terms of encountering stressful situations, I hope that the message will speak to you. Uh, but they will also find a time that, you no, know, maybe some of us here in this season, you're watching pain and suffering happening, behold, uh, right in front of you. And you're just wondering, God, why is happening? And I hope that this sermon will too speak to you. Okay, personally for me, on the ministry side, it's quite a change for me as well because first July, I switched from being, uh, there's this month, right? I switched from being the youth and next-gen pastor to now overseeing the uh, young adults and the outreach ministries. I think that no, we have long learned that it's a season and time for everything under the sun, and we all embrace that. Uh, in the past couple of weeks alone, this is also a stressful time for me, not just adjusting to change. I have the privilege to journey with many members who are going through grief and suffering. It is heart-wrenching to see them weep, cry um, with sorrow because of what they experienced, maybe a loss of loved ones. Some of them are at wit's end where they contemplate, you know, God, I don't want to be in this place. You know, sometimes, you know, dying is better than living. But yet you call us to live for you. And let me say this, if you think that all the pastor does all day, I mean, a whole week is just to work on one day on Sunday, okay? Uh, it's not true, okay? I think the pastors can testify. Personally, uh, this is the fourth message for the weekend different message. I work almost all the time journeying with people, juggling family and uh, church duties, meetings, often losing sleep. And even sometimes when I rest at night, there's this weighing burden on my heart to pray for people. And then things are still unsettled and thinking of preparing and sermon and teachings. So today's topic is not that I'm suffering. Let's do our best to have fun. But more than that, let's allow God's word to speak to us, okay? So I hope to give you something today to take back. Scripture does have a lot to say when it comes to pain and suffering. It's not the easiest of topics. So as God's truth is preached, may the Lord be with you. Very good. Okay, will you join me in prayer? Come, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you to hear your word, be with us, guide our hearts to your truth. And even as I speak today, may my words be clear and the meditations of all our hearts here be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we'll be looking at a uh, one of the minor prophets, Habakkuk. And like many of us suffering pain 
suffering and experience pain, ask, why God, why? Okay. And it's very hard to find a slot to teach Habakkuk, but you know, we are, uh, it's a good thing that we are going through. So let's take a look at suffering, what his suffering is and see what we can learn. So it all began with one complaint. One complaint, how long, God, must I call for help? And let me read to you the starting verses, the prophecy that Habakkuk, the prophet, received. And this is how he said, How long, Lord, how long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. I cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Have you ever done this before or seen this, gone through this? I'm sure some of us have. Now, but you've got to understand this a little bit more, okay? This, this, his situation, you've got to appreciate it. Because almost no one in ancient history would cry out like that. And not many today will as well, I'll explain later. Now, if you have gone through what Habakkuk has gone through and experienced, you would have probably left the faith or defected already. It's against violence, injustice of rulers. The nation is in a state of decline. And those caught in it, they can't do anything. There's no good option. It's not the kind of pain and suffering where, you know, you wait long queue but fail to get a Taylor Swift ticket, okay? (laughs) Nothing like that. It's not that kind of injustice, okay? His complaint spent more than 60 years grieving over the state of his nation in all three chapters of Habakkuk. And let me give you a little bit of background. This is a bit technical, but hope that you can follow this. The ancient Israel in his time had already broken into two pieces. The northern Israel had already fallen to the Assyrians in 722 BC, right? So the people are exiled. But right now, the Assyrians they have taken over the north, they were under the attack okay, of the Babylonians. The Babylonians are coming to conquer and they are coming to first take over the Assyrians now. Problem was... Uh, the problem was so powerful that political alliances were formed between Egypt and Assyria to deal with the Babylonians. Problem was, okay, problem was, the southern Israel, Judah, was caught in between Egypt and the Assyrians. So King Necho had to march north to in order to aid the Assyrians to deal with the Babylonians, he had to march north and almost had to go through the, country, the, the nation of Judah. And Judah's last good king, King Josiah, had lost his life trying to prevent all these things. You can read about, you can read about it in, in, in uh, the Old Testament as well. And at the end, King Josiah fell. Jerusalem did fall, but King Necho, the Egyptian king, put a pro-Egypt Okay, uh, son, one of Josiah's son, King Joachim, this is Josiah's, uh, Josiah's son, to take over, but he's pro-Egypt. Now, of course, you can see how messy this whole entire political upheaval was. Habakkuk was going through all this. He was there, a prophet, and he sees the economy goes up and down. Uh, he sees the relationships begin to waver as they start to pick sides. Right now, Okay, we are going to fall. Egypt is coming. But are we going to be long? Then the, but actually not. Why? Because King Necho put uh, uh, one of the, 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 the monarch king. So we are still kind of like self-governing. 
So this is very, very uncertain. Okay? Naturally, with different political movements, this is a time where gods are believed to be strongly influential of a nation's success. It didn't really matter which god you believe in because the pragmatics, I don't know whether you are listening to this, the pragmatics, which god you believe uh, is whichever is the powerful one that can hold things together, can give you blessings and success because it works that god must be true. Correct? So people and leaders have to juggle between faith and diverse views. And sometimes leaders watch hopelessly, grieving as their wealth, their business, their relationships, their families crumble. Injustice happens because laws are no longer powerful to effect justice and those who are faithful are not rewarded at all with fairness because corruption prevails. No law, the law no longer protects but the law is abused and perverted. And that's how it is. I'm going to ask you this question here. If you, and I don't call me the Slido pastor for no reason, right? So everyone go to Slido. But I'm going to ask you this question, okay? If you were such a person, if you were such a person, just scan a QR code, and this is the all play, okay? Everyone on here of you. If you were Habakkuk, what would you do with God and your faith? I want to hear from you. So after I've described, if you were Habakkuk, you were caught in between. You have this God that you are serving. You see your nation's leaders. You see your, your, your leaders succumb to different political views. And then you are down there. My life, I also don't know what's happening. God, where are you? Right? How long? Oh Lord, what would you do? And I want to hear from you. And those who are joining online now, okay, you're free to participate as well. And this is after long years, okay? And I want to hear responses here. There are definitely more than uh, 400 people here. So, hope to hear from all of us here. What would you do? And the top ones that come out so far, I'm going to show the responses. Pray, complain, despair, keep praying, give up, complain. Wow, complain and complain, complain and complain, right? Complain until the situation gets better. It's not going to happen, okay? Keep praying, go isolate myself fast, okay? Run away, run away, flip table. There's no table for you to flip right in that time, okay? Yeah, lean in, okay? Uh, Disappointed, sick is plan. Maybe give up. Many would have lost their faith. I'm, I'm, you are very safe people here, you know. This is the issue of living in comfort, okay? But we are going through stress. Imagine yourself. Your family cannot take it. Things are not going for you. Your wealth disappears. Why do I still continue to believe in this God since I'm living in a state of struggling? What will you do? God, are you real? Would you defect? Knowing that the Babylonians and the Assyrians are coming with all their mighty and army and their gods, there's more powerful. Interesting. Okay. That's how, that's what I want you to think about. Now, thank you for your kind responses. 
thing is very Christian. Very good. Okay? Nice. But I want to... Let me carry on with the preaching here. You see, um, if you are such a person that is going through extended time of pain and grief, let me say this, you are not alone. Maybe the pain doesn't hit you directly. Maybe you are in a privileged position to witness the things coming through, but you have a sense of moral righteousness. But let me say, because Habakkuk was made to witness all these over a long time, this is why now we continue to read these passages and says, Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoings? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and injustice never prevails. The wicked helm in the righteous so that the justice is perverted. Lord willing, we will never be in this state, okay? So you can see, it's been a long time of grieving. And he's made to see all these things happen right before his eyes. The entire essence of his complaint rests on this term called unanswered prayer. It grieves his heart. Recently, I have the privilege, uh, also talking to one of the young know, grieving in his heart because he's longing for someone. And the grief is so painful. And I can see, why God, why do you allow all this to happen? See, while God didn't really reply, later I'll see, okay, God did reply, but God didn't really reply why. But I tell you, scholars did provide some sort of answer no, to respond. No? And it's not very helpful. Uh, uh, and... This was a time when, but I'll let you know anyway, because it was a time when the Israel wanted their own king, so rebellious and insistent that they, they, that God warned them in 1 Samuel 18, okay, over here. And it says there, one day they will cry out because of their king who they had chosen for themselves, but the Lord will not answer you on that day. So the scholars replied, this is kind of the reason why. But let me say this to you, okay. Never say this to anyone that's going through suffering. Let's see, I told you so. Can never belittle, no matter how tempting and obvious, the state of Israel was in the decline because of their choice. They walked in it, their stupidity caused it. That's why. But never, never do that and say, see, I told you so. Never belittle any suffering. Pain. Instead, do what Habakkuk does, okay, or do what Habakkuk did. He was made to witness all this, yet he didn't say to the people, See, I told you so. Here's what he did, and all and what we can learn from him. First thing, come to God in our suffering. Three things we can come to God in our suffering. First one, don't belittle the suffering or the sufferer. Very important. We've covered that already. But next, to be honest with God about the situation, how we feel, and be bold before God about your petitions. You can do that. When you're going through suffering, we'll focus on the uh, second and third one. When you're going through suffering, or when you see someone go through suffering, sometimes you are in this privileged position where you can witness. Do not walk away. Do not be apathetic. You are a Christian. God placed you there to be salt and light. Let me say this, when you are there witnessing a pain and suffering, 
don't walk away. Instead, it's okay to come before God and allow a reflection to take place. This is what Habakkuk did. He says, God, why are you letting all this injustice happening? Why are you letting the suffering take place? Why are you putting me in this place to witness all this pain? And he, the scholars noted the way Habakkuk did it is almost defying and scary. There's hardly any place in scripture that documents a prophet coming to God in this way. Say, God, I, 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 I thought you're holy. I thought you're holy and aren't you not from everlasting to everlasting? So the way Habakkuk petitions, he never doubt the ability of God, never thought of walking away from him. He never did that. Instead, he questions God. Are you not the faithful defender of good, God? If you are, why do you allow all these things to take place? That's how he came. I remember a time when I got home. It had been a really, really long day. And I was really tired. And I was quite snappy. Okay, And I put a really grumpy face. You know, this was a couple of years back. And home, my daughters, my wife, uh, even a cat okay, had to endure and put up with me. Right? And I was almost snapping at every single one at home. And it was a really, really bad and grouchy day. Everyone could tell. But my daughter walked up to me and said this. So Dad, I thought you said you were going to play with me when you're home. That's bold. <laughs> my daughter was right. Let me say this. Had I smacked her, it wouldn't be just and I'll be a hypocrite. But my daughter didn't doubt that I was her father even though I would have said no and told her and not given her a good reason, she never thought of leaving me and abandoning me. That was the kind of faith she had, that you are still my father. Right? That was how bold, that was the kind, I try to capture this in an example for all of us here. You can come to God and question, God, aren't you the Lord of justice? How come this thing happened? Can you, why do you allow this to happen? So maybe that's, so that's, that's interesting because today hardly anyone in modern society does this because either they had a lot of reverence towards God, you can see how it plays out, uh, towards the deities or towards God that no one dares to question God or the other extreme like modern people here. Okay. I think many of us fall into this category, having so much self-confidence okay, and self-reasoning that God, if you don't do it my way, then God, you are out of my way. Do you understand? How many of you are like that? How many of you don't dare to admit you are like that? I'll tell you. Okay, Habakkuk like, was like that. And if you come to God boldly and petition, remain, okay? If you ask God like Habakkuk, God will respond to you because you stick to Him. But when God talks to you, okay, when you ask God like Habakkuk, let me say this, you'll be prepared for God to answer you. Because sometimes actually more often, God's answer will baffle you and even shock you. Now before you write God off, here's what you need to do, okay? Now let me say this, come to God. Second thing is be open to God's 
answer. His ways are not our ways. You got to recognize this. And let me read what Habakkuk heard back from the Lord because the first four verses I read is the complaints. So now God respond. And here's what God said to Habakkuk. Look at the nations and you watch, okay? And be utterly amazed for I'm going to do something in your day that you will not believe even if you were told. And I'm raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize the dwellings, not on their own. They are feared and dreaded people. They are allowed to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallop headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like eagles, swooping to devour. And they all come intent on violence. Their horse advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all the fortified cities by building earthen rams that capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. Just when you think God is on your side, when you are barely holding up the pieces of your shattered life, God allows the bomb to explode straight in your face. When Habakkuk was crying, complaining because injustice, which is the right thing to God. How can you let this injustice happen? Yep, I'm sending more injustice. What? You call that answer, God? The, the solution to evil is more evil? I thought you were supposed to be on my side. I've had the privilege to, you know, read uh, stories Talk about how God moves and His ways are not our ways. Came across one. And today I have the privilege to invite one of our very own okay, to share her story and testimony for all of us here. Will you just warmly welcome and help me join the welcome Jessica okay, uh, from one of our church and I'm going to invite her to come and share her testimony. Thank you, Pastor Adrian. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jessica Kwan. Um, my younger sister was a member of this church. She's active in her SGs and her service in children's ministry. This is our story. I came to know more about God in 2007 when my sister invited me to attend the Alpha course. At that time, she was already diagnosed with cancer but she accompanied me for the first couple of sessions until she had to stop as her health deteriorated. She also continued to serve in JC Lambs and asked me to help to serve. Despite her faith and trust in God, my sister's condition didn't get better. I wasn't a Christian back then, but I struggled and with the help of my brother-in-law, we find ways to give her comfort by flipping through daily devotions that she loves and the Bible to find encouraging words for her. Eventually, my sister succumbed to her illness. My parents, also non-believers back then, and I had a lot of questions. Why did God take her away so soon? Why did God allow her to suffer? And why didn't he listen to her prayer? 
During her wake, I remembered that I had a lengthy conversation with my brother-in-law and one of their friends about the Christian faith. This friend today is my small group leader, and they invited me to visit the small group. Not long from there, I began to truly discover who God really was through the church family. And slowly, God worked His ways through the warmth of the church relationships, the support of my small group, and showed me the hope of meeting my sister in heaven again one day. I wasn't one who really liked kids. Sorry, kids, if you are here. <laughs> but God handed my sister's baton to me to continue to serve in children's ministry and groom me to enjoy sharing about him to the little ones. I was eventually led to be baptized in 2008, and my mom was baptized a few years later. And I also believe that my dad, who, also, who was also saved before he passed on a few years ago. Looking back, during our family's journey with my sister's fight against cancer, we did not complain, blame God, or turn our backs on Him. Even though my parents were not believers then, we prayed quietly and trusted that He would either deal us a miracle or remove us from the suffering and pain. To non-believers, it may seem like God denied our pleading when He took her home, but strangely, it now seems to me that He had a bigger plan for all of us. My family's salvation was brought about through her illness. I believe God has answered some of my prayers, though some are not as I expected. I believe He has a purpose for all of us and has mapped it all out. My family and I have seen and been through pain and suffering. My sister's death brought us pain, but it was also through this that I could come to know Christ and that my family was saved. With God as the beacon of light in our lives, my mom and I, we will continue to journey in this journey of faith in His redeeming grace. Thanks be to God. You've heard that? Such stories are amazing. And I like what he said that, you know, it's, uh, I don't know about it, but God had bigger plans for us. We experienced pain through uh, my sister's death, but it was through this that my whole family came to know the Lord as well. This is our very own Jessica, uh, currently serving 1130, and you can read all the fullness about his tes her testimony in the tidings, in our tidings website. Thank you, Jessica, so much. Okay, will you just help me just encourage her? Wonderful, right? You see, the story of Jessica is the same story as Habakkuk. Now, sometimes it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But let me say this, God's ways are not our ways, which leads me to the third point. That even in our suffering, let me say this, God is working through our faithfulness for good. God works through our faithfulness for good. You see, you don't understand it. 
Habakkuk definitely don't understand, uh, didn't understand what the reply was. Let me show you how grumpy and angry Habakkuk was in his response by the end of the same chapter. And it says this, okay? Um, and it says, I will stand and watch and station myself on the ramparts. I'm going to do this. I'm going to look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. How many of you are like that? Okay? How us are like that? You see how grumpy? But look at how God responded. And this is what the Lord says. And the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. For it certainly will come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Wow. Do you understand what God said here? I don't know. Okay. Habakkuk probably definitely couldn't. He was going through it. What do you mean? Everything doesn't make sense and you still want this, but Habakkuk, this is what he said. And scholars affirmed one thing. Let me say this. Huh? Okay. If there was really something that the Babylonians caused, it's really causing the Jews to disperse into exile. Even post-exile, many Jews did not go back to where they were, even though great empires tried to stamp them out. The Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, and up to Jesus' time, Paul, and even Paul's time, the Romans, God preserved the Jews. From there, you see, in every major city where people when the Jews were in the synagogues, faithful Jews, but they influenced, because of their strict lifestyle, they influenced non-Jews, the Gentiles, about the concept of a sovereign God. When Apostle Paul came and preached the gospel, finally bring the gospel across the empire, it was not the Jews, but the Gentiles that embraced Christianity and there across the entire empire and the world spread the gospel. It was awaiting an appointed time. And Christianity we have today came all the way, if you want to trace, from the dispersion brought by the Babylonians. God had planned it. You see, God wasn't planning for a temporal lesson for the Jews, you know, for their disobedience. You want a king, I'll give you a king. No, God wasn't dealing with that. God was planning for the ultimate redemption of all mankind through the suffering of faithful disciples. The scholars would want to tell you finally, throughout the entire account, to learn that starting from the Babylonians, the Jews finally learned that no matter what happens, they are not to turn to any kings or even worse, idols, but to remain faithful. And that was from that point. The righteous person shall live by his faithfulness to God. Every time we suffer, I want to tell you this, I want you to remember this, that through the faithful suffering of the Jews, let me just go through, okay, turn, 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 okay, oh, sorry, okay, come up here. So every time we suffer, through the faithful suffering of the Jews came Jesus. Through the faithful suffering of the early church, came Christianity to us. Through the faithful suffering of Jesus comes the outer redemption and restoration of relationships between God and mankind. The righteous person 
will live by his faithfulness. Just when you think that Habakkuk was a nobody, this statement, this statement was the foundational mission of Apostle Paul, even as he spoke in Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is saving God, saving power for everyone who believes, first to the Jews, then also for the Greeks, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. Faithfulness, God works through. C.S. Lewis, novelist, poet, theologian and Christian apologist wrote a book to explain why pain exists in the world ruled by a just God. And it says this, and let me do two quotes. If tribulation is a necessary element in redemption, then we must anticipate that you will never cease until God sees the world to be either redeemed or no further redeemable. You see, suffering is not good in itself, of course. But what is good in any painful experience is for the sufferer, his submission to the will of God, and for the spectators, the compassion aroused and the acts of mercy to which it leads. These are Christians. Remember, in our suffering, we can come to Him. Be open to God's answers because His ways are not our ways and know that God is working faithfully through our faithfulness for good. Amen? Why you to recognize this? So be faithful to God. See, Habakkuk is a really a great example of how God's Great redemption plans, uh, how it comes out. At the core of the message is about the resilience of faithful disciples that trusts in God amidst incomprehensible suffering. Theologian Robert Palmer, and this is the last slide that I have, wrote a commentary on Habakkuk, who wrote this wonderful commentary, rightly puts it to all of us saying, this is how Christians, all of us here, ought to live out our faith in troubled times that the matured faith trusts humbly but persistently in God's design for establishing righteousness in the earth. Let's trust in our sovereign God working for our good when we suffer. Amen? And as a church, remember that God uses our faithfulness to God and also to support one another to fulfill His saving work upon the lost, the poor, the needy, who are suffering. I feel led, even in this time, and I want you to go back to Slido. And maybe for some of us here, you are going through a season of pain. And maybe for some of us here, you are questioning and wondering, how, Lord, can I respond? And today, something is speaking to you. And like, God, are you real? But this message stuck straight in your face. I want to give you an opportunity to come before the Lord and maybe you are in a privileged position of standing and witnessing injustice. Can I ask you to come boldly before the Lord and petition? I'm going to get you to go to Slido and then as a response, I want you to type a prayer in. Say, the Lord, can you help me? 
maybe for some of us here you have this prayer need maybe for some of us here you are struggling for some time let's come before him let's come before him if you team can I ask you to put on the quote on the service where you see something happening uh, in terms of closing but if you go back and you know for the rest of the week I'll, re- I'll keep the prayer board open so that you can also respond in prayer will you join me in prayer God you are a just and merciful God and you know our extreme pain and suffering and sometimes pain goes beyond even what words can express And yet we acknowledge also that you've been there. You too bore our sins and suffered for us. And you remain faithful and righteous. Now we may not understand how you work because you always are higher. But God, help us and those who are going through pain and suffering today to know that you are good and faithful and your love is perfect. You are faithful and in the valley, even in the valley, you are working for our good and for your glory. May we understand this truth and may our suffering declare how faithful you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.